0: Eternal Health, episode number
1: two. You're listening to the Eternal Health Podcast, where we discuss God's great design for your life in body, mind, and spirit. Your host is Laura Rimmer, who's a plant-based nutritionist, author, speaker, and health coach looking for yoga tips or the latest protein shake recommendations, sorry, you're in the wrong place. If you're ready for no-nonsense, multi-layered health expertise, drawing on evidence-based nutrition and biblical principles, welcome to Eternal Health. For show notes and to download your free 5-minute Optimum Health Scorecard, please visit laurarimmer.com. Enjoy the show.
0: So a very big welcome back to Eternal Health. I hope that you listened to the very first episode. If you haven't, then go back and listen to that because that really explains everything about why I've started this podcast and the things and topics that we're going to be discussing over coming weeks, months, and and years on this podcast. Now, in today's show, I'm going to be talking about something which I think is really crucial in this day and age, and that is how to be health smart and how to cut through the diet misinformation. Because there's so much information out there, isn't there, about diet and health. Every day you can pick up a newspaper and read something new and more to the point, something conflicting um, that conflicts with something else that you've already read maybe a day or so ago or a year or so ago um, about diet and health. So, for example you pick up a newspaper one day or in a magazine or a health article or a news report which says red meat great for health we should all be having a bit of red meat every so often it's going to really do your health good next minute we'll see an article saying red meat is really bad news it's got saturated fat in it's going to give you heart disease so you need to avoid it at all costs Similarly, you might read an article saying that alcohol is good in moderation. Another article might say alcohol is bad in any volume. And it's funny because even years ago, I'm talking, you know, 20, 30 years ago, articles would actually say that smoking in moderation is good for you. So we really need to be careful about how we um, get our information when it comes to our diet and what we eat on a day to day basis. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Because there's nine billion or so people around the planet. And it's the one thing that we do every single day to stay alive and us in the western world we have the luxury of having an abundance of food and having the ability to choose whatever we want to eat so we can choose meal to meal day to day week to week exactly what we put into our mouths what we Um, choose to fuel our bodies with so we need to take that decision that ongoing decision in a serious way and we need to make the right choices because the game has really changed this is one of the reasons why this topic is so important because as I mentioned in episode one foods aren't as they were maybe 50 years ago 100 years ago when our grandparents were growing up they've been changed The majority of foods that are in supermarkets, if you go down the main aisles of a supermarket, so not the produce aisles, but pretty much every other aisle in a supermarket, pick things off the shelf, turn the packet over and look at those ingredients. Most of those ingredients listed are things which aren't actually foods. And you probably, if you had to try and bring to mind what those things look like, you wouldn't be able to or it would be some kind of white refined powder. So for example, um, I did a quick Google search on the ingredients of a Twinkies bar. So we don't really have these in the UK, but I know they're popular in the US. And um, Twinkies have a whole weird combination of ingredients. So things like enriched bleached white wheat flour. So, okay, we know what wheat flour is, but it's bleached. So that's really unhealthy. Corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, which again is a really refined, genetically modified, very unhealthy um, refined syrup. Partially hydrogenated vegetable oil, which has been linked with artery clogging, heart disease. It's um, it's almost like a plastic. Hydrogenated vegetable oil is animal shortening, soybean, cottonseed oil, beef fat, um, dextrose. Do you you know, can you picture what dextrose looks like? Modified cornstarch, so another modified ingredient. Um, sodium acid uh, pyrophosphate, monocalcium phosphate, sweet dairy whey, soy protein isolate, casein, sodium caseinate, mono and diglycerides, polysorbate sixty. I've never even heard of that. Uh, what else have we got here? Sodium stearoyl lactylate, natural and artificial flavors, sorbic acid. Um, to retain freshness, it says, <laughs> um, yellow 5 and red 40, and that's not even all the ingredients. Now, what a chemical cocktail that is. That's, I mean, you wouldn't get me near eating one of those things. It's, oh, vile. So, that's what we're up against. We're up against these Franken foods, if you like, these foods that have been severely tampered with. There's actually no real food substance in something like a Twinkie. And You know, Twinkies are not alone in this. Like I say, the majority of foods in supermarkets have got a whole weird concoction. They're made in chemical labs as opposed to picked from a field or reared in a field. Natural whole foods, honest foods. So, for that reason, we really need to take responsibility for our health and, yeah, the, the things that we choose to eat and to put on our plates, and f- put on our children's plates and our family's plates. And that really starts with education. You need to educate yourself in. What to look for. You need to become smart, street smart, if you like, supermarket smart, so that when you go into these places, think of a supermarket like a drug pusher trying to push all these drugs on you. You don't want that. You want to be smart so you can go in and just get what you want that's healthy, that's going to nourish you, it's going to feed your brain, your body, mind, soul, spirit, and it's not going to cause degenerative disease that could be prevented if you'd have just made a wiser food choice. Because Let's face it, Um, the statistics are that non-communicable diseases, NCDs, so basically preventable diseases, are absolutely rife. And the World Health Organization, in a report published in 2015 showed that 70% of all annual deaths are from non-communicable diseases. So in other words, 70% of deaths could have been prevented if that person had made or those people had made wiser diet and lifestyle choices. So what we want to be aiming for as listeners of this podcast, we want to be aiming to be in that 30% of people who when we die, we die because of other reasons, not things that could have been prevented. Do you see what I mean? So in In this episode, I'm going to equip you with seven ways to become health smart, seven ways to cut through the diet misinformation, because the trouble is, as well as the supermarkets and other places where we might buy our food, pushing these Frankenstein foods, these chemical laden foods, The other thing that goes hand in hand with that is the media and the diet industry and the food-funded propaganda that's pushed on us via the media. So it's a double-edged sword and we really need to be able to cut through that information um, and so we know what to be doing for the best. And I tell you what, once you arm yourself with the right knowledge and when you start making the right food choices, life becomes free your eating becomes more enjoyable than you could have ever imagined and do you know what I meet people all day long who say to me oh you're a vegan oh that must be so restrictive like oh you can't eat this or oh you can't eat that like as if I don't know I'm missing a leg or something and and they almost kind of patronize me and say oh bless you you can't eat this here's the thing it's so much more freeing having the energy to do what I want to do Eating wonderfully abundant foods, the foods that God created, not foods that have been manufactured by Satan, to be honest. You know, um, I'm a Christian lady and there is a biblical aspect or or a spiritual aspect to our food. Um, Satan is active in all areas of life in the world. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour so yeah he's he will use any means that he can to devour us so to speak and you don't think he's got a hold on the food industry and the, the foods that we eat of course he does he wants people dying he wants people the best thing that human beings can do in satan's eyes is be off the face of the earth so let's not let the devil get a hold of us in that area of our lives we want to be smart so let's dive in to seven questions that you need to ask yourself when reviewing health and diet information so here's the scenario you pick up a health magazine and you open it and you find an article that says new study shows that bacon is healthy for you Okay, and you read it through and it all sounds very plausible. And most people would read that and think, oh, there we go, bacon's healthy for you. Off we go, I'm gonna knock myself out, I'm gonna go down to the supermarket, buy myself some rashes of bacon, and it's okay that I eat it because it's perfectly healthy for me. This magazine says so. Okay, we don't want to be like that. So here's the questions that you need to run by this um, supposed science-led health study to see whether it is actually, you know, it is actually as true as it might first appear. So question number one that you want to ask yourself is, does it sound too good to be true? And is it counterintuitive? So in terms of bacon, does it sound too good to be true? Is bacon a health food? Does it make you feel good? Is bacon going to help you lose weight? Or is bacon loaded with saturated animal fats and made out of pork? And pork is known to be full of parasites and um, a a, a really unhealthy food for the most part. General wisdom has always said that bacon um, and pork is a pretty dirty food. If you think about a pig, what does a pig do all day long? It's rolling around in muck, It's, it's a scavenger, it's eating rubbish off of the floor so is it likely that rashes of bacon loaded full of animal fat and um, yeah all these parasites that are in that meat is it likely that that's going to be healthy for you so I would take a guess and say no on that that question so number two you want to ask yourself question number two is does it pander to your bad habits so here's the thing. If you love bacon, if bacon is one of your things that you really, really like, you're going to read that study and that's going to really pander to that habit, isn't it? And that's going to speak to you and you're going to go, "Wow, okay, that's amazing. This new study shows that bacon is really healthy." And that's going to validate you in your bad habits. So just the same as if there's a new study saying that going out and getting absolutely blind drunk on a Friday night is is really good for you then most party goers would lap that up and it would just justify them in their bad behavior so if you read a study and it immediately speaks to you in an area where kind of deep down you think "Hmm, this I should probably curb this it probably isn't healthy but if you read an article or you know watch a video or whatever that validates you in that bad habit then i would say that's a red flag okay now, um, let's move on to question number three. And this is a really important one. So you need to ask yourself, who has funded this study? And this is where you'll need to do a bit more digging. And yeah, you. so you can do one of two things. You can either assume that there has been industry funding in this study because the major, <laughs> well, maybe not the majority, but a large, large proportion of these so-called scientific evidence-based studies which prove that unhealthy you know seemingly unhealthy foods are actually healthy for you have actually been funded by industry so there is big big money and it's a a huge um, operation for food industry so in this case with the bacon article big agriculture and the meat and dairy industry could well be funding that study and creating a lot of spin and propaganda around perpetuating this this notion that yes, bacon is good for you. They will lobby governments, they will lobby health organisations and they will fund studies. And here's the thing, proper scientific studies have shown that when industry is funding a study, they are four to eight times more likely to find um, favorable results for that sponsor than if the study isn't funded so in other words if that study about bacon is funded by a bacon company or a meat the meat industry then it's four to eight times more likely to come down in a favorable way um, on that product do you see what I mean and no studies which are funded by industry will ever say oh we actually found that this is bad for you it just doesn't happen time and time again it shows that that it there's this bias um, and it's not a coincidence so question four is and just uh, going back to that one, just another thing to add is, okay, so how do I find find out who funded it? Well, I would say Nutrition Facts is a really, really good place to to heighten your awareness of these things and really get a, a feel for who's funding things and how the industry works. And um, Dr. Greger is really very much a lone voice speaking out against industry funding. And it's interesting because when I worked For um, the UK's health organisation, I saw this stuff firsthand in the pharmaceutical industries. So I would see pharmaceutical companies systematically funding drug studies and research projects which involved taking drugs over the long term. Um, and so I saw this firsthand, I saw incentivization of doctors to promote certain drugs and things. So I knew this going was going on intuitively, but when I found Dr. Greger's work and his large-scale analysis of industry funding of both pharmaceutical drugs, but also food products, then that just validated everything which, which I'd experienced in my own work, so... So nutritionfacts.org, I'll leave a link to that and some um, pertinent videos that he's done in the show notes. The videos are short, so typically between maybe two and eight minutes each video. They're really easy to understand. He basically goes and reads all these proposals and research studies so you and I don't have to. He deciphers it all and then distills down the, um, the results that are found. But you can go and by all means go and read the studies for yourself if you want to, which I do every now and then. Okay, so question number four, which is related to question three, is you want to ask yourself how many large scale, non industry funded studies have been conducted that back that up, that back this study up? So is this. particular article that you've read is this like the only article that's saying this that bacon is healthy for you or are there any long-term large-scale studies that aren't funded by the bacon companies actually available to back this up as well or is it all industry-funded small projects so you want to ask yourself that So a simple Google search will enable you to see whether there are actually any large-scale, non-industry-funded studies that have been undertaken. If you can't find anything, then chances are there isn't one. So that, again, is a red flag as to whether this um, so-called study is actually true or not. Question number five, and this is a really easy one. This just cuts through (laughs) a lot of noise when it comes to wondering which foods are healthy and not or not. Has this food, has the thing that this study is claiming, has it been proven to reverse heart disease, cancer, type two diabetes and high blood pressure? If not, then it's no good. So let's look at bacon. Is bacon proven to reverse heart disease? Um, No, it is not. (laughs) It's proven to be linked to promoting heart disease by lots of large scale studies, but not to prevent and reverse heart disease. Is it linked to reducing and reversing cancer? No, it's not. Type two diabetes, no. High blood pressure, no. So really this question just cuts through all the noise. If there's any ambiguity, if you can't find out who's funded the study, just ask yourself this question. And um, that will give you your answer as to whether this is true or not, because here's the thing, there is a diet, um, and I'll tell you now, it's a plant-based diet, and we'll look at this in future episodes, but a plant-based diet is the only diet has been proven to... Systematically on a large scale, not industry funded, um, because typically fruit and veg growers don't fund large scale studies because there's no money in it. A plant based diet has been proven to prevent and reverse heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, and high blood pressure, and also obesity. Okay, so question number six you want to ask yourself is this sustainable over the long term? So if I was eating three rashes of bacon every other day for the next 20 years would that be healthy for me is that going to do my body good or is it going to do my body bad despite what this study says Um, and if the answer is dubious or if you're really not sure get a bad feeling about it or you can't find any evidence to back it up that this would work long term then you want to avoid it and finally question number seven you want to ask yourself am i putting too much trust in my doctor so I've been to, do you know what, I I rarely go to a doctor now. Um, I haven't been to a doctor for years. But years ago, when I was going to doctors, I used to trust doctors a lot more, maybe 15 years ago. And when I was going to the doctor regularly for checkups and just general stuff, really. Um, and when I was on the path of finding a plant-based diet, I would tell my doctor the changes I'd made. And it was shocking, actually, because... I can think of at least three doctors who turned around and told me that a a plant-based vegan diet was not good for me I would get deficiencies and it was really unhealthy and I want to be eating everything in moderation so that's that's what doctors will tell you and what is it actually based on with all due respect to doctors how much nutrition training have they had and I've worked with doctors and I'm, you know, I'm going to be interviewing doctors for this podcast, which just will say completely the opposite, that you can't have any food in moderation. You really need to be very selective in what you're eating to produce great health. So what I would just say there is, don't put too much trust in your doctor when it comes to nutrition when it comes to accident and emergency absolutely (laughs) you know you want to put your trust in that doctor when it comes to diagnosing different things and if you're you know wanting to know the best drugs and procedures and surgery and pills and things for certain things yep doctors know all about that but when it comes to prevention of lifestyle-based diseases and reversal of lifestyle-based diseases, non-communicable diseases, NCDs, then the majority of doctors, this is not their area of expertise. So you can listen to what a doctor says, but I would say don't give all of your power away to that doctor, go away, do your own research, run the diet that you're kind of, you're coming up with on, on your own by or through these seven questions and then you know, take responsibility for your own health. Don't devolve it to to doctors and nurses and and other health professionals unless it's their real area of expertise. So a recap on the seven questions that you need to ask yourself when reviewing um, a health and diet article, making a claim about a certain food or a certain diet. So number one, does it sound too good to be true? Number two, does it pander to your current bad habits? Number three, you need to ask yourself who's funded this research? Number four, how many large scale, non industry funded studies have been conducted to back this up? Number five, has it been proven to reverse heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, and high blood pressure? Number six, is it sustainable over the long term? And number seven, am I putting too much trust in my doctor? And in conclusion, so just to wrap up, I would finish off by saying this, that the food industry wants the public, wants you and I to be confused when it comes to nutrition. And you might think to yourself, really? No, surely not. The, you know, the food industry and the medical industry has got, has deep down, has got our best interests at heart, or um, I don't know, maybe you think that, maybe you don't. But Science shows, true studies show time and time again, the evidence is there to show that the food industry is heavily funding scientific studies around the health benefits of those foods, just like big pharma drug companies are also funding studies on different drugs and surgery and procedures. And hands down, in, in either of those cases, we are being shown when you do when you look into this stuff and you're not gonna necessarily see this on the news and you're not gonna read this every day in your newspaper because the media is um is in on this if you like. They're in on this this conspiracy. Um it's big money. This is m- money driven business and businesses have accountability to their stakeholders, their shareholders and their interests uh profitability, not how healthy you are how healthy I am and curing us all of disease and that's not being pessimistic it's not being paranoid it's not being like you know weird about it it's just the truth and I'm gonna leave some links to um, again Dr. Gregor's work with nutrition facts to to show this stuff to give you some hard evidence and facts on this stuff and where we are right now with the food industry is pretty much where we were with the tobacco industry say 30 years ago where 30 years ago there was a lot of information coming out saying cigarette smoking is bad for you but the tobacco companies were heavily lobbying and putting literally billions of pounds into suppressing the true evidence, which quite clearly stated that smoking is bad for you, and they were causing tobacco companies were causing doubt and confusion. And that's their trump card when it comes to this stuff. It's saying, no one really knows, there's no conclusive evidence which causes, and then they would put out conflicting things, so yeah, one study will show that smoking is not too bad for you, one study will show that it is very bad for you, but the, the evidence isn't conclusive, so they're marketing doubt and confusion, and it's that's where we are now with the food industry, There's all this doubt and confusion. Well, who knows what's the best diet? You know, no one can really know. No one knows whether bacon's good or bad for you. No one knows whether red wine is really good for your health or whether it's actually not so good for your health. Um, We do know, we do know there there are true studies out there which show us really clearly what's good for us when it comes to our diet and health. Um, so my prediction is that probably give it another thirty or forty years. If Jesus hasn't returned by then, then we'll be in a, a situation where we'll look back and say, "I can't believe we used to feed children bacon. <laughs> I can't believe we used to give kids diet coke, diet sodas, or whatever. It's so harmful to health, and and we were feeding our children this stuff. It's awful." Here's um, I just want to give you an example as well. Um, so. Not necessarily food-related, but we've known about lead poisoning for literally thousands of years, um, and for at least a hundred years, we've known that children can be poisoned by lead paint, and and systematically, paints contained lead a um, hundred years ago, and lead poisoning from paint literally has harmed millions and millions of children it's damaged their brains it's created um yeah all sorts of problems in children's health and lead paint companies knew about this but they were suppressing this information and they engaged in this very large scale, very systematic lobbying plan. Um, and they came out with this, um, just this one liner that's kept saying, lead helps guard your health. Lead helps guard your health. So they were on the offense to to counteract the true information, which was lead is really really bad for health especially children Um, and then there was this other campaign about blaming so anyone who was getting lead poisoning and and having the the really negative side effects of being around lead paint those people were being blamed for it being their responsibility and them not taking enough responsibility with their health so the result was that there was a 69 year delay in banning lead paint in the U.S. Um, And that's been attributed to the proud marketing and lobbying efforts of the industry profiting from that poison. So this is nothing new. We only have to look to history to show that there's usually this big period of time between when we know the evidence of something being not great for our health or bad for our health or really disease promoting. And then governments actually taking action on that and either banning the thing outright or, you know, warning the general public that this has negative consequences. So this is nothing new. So we need to be ahead of the game here. And just while we're on the topic of, you know, looking at who you can trust and and why, it's just as well, you know, it'd be good for you to ask yourself, well, why can I trust you, Laura? You're saying this stuff. Why can I trust you? And um, yeah, great question. So here's why you can trust me. Number one, I am not a doctor. Some people might think that's a bad thing. I think that's a really good thing um, because I'm not invested. I haven't had seven years of indoctrination by Big Pharma. And, um, you know, I've seen plenty of doctors. I managed medical research for a number of years and I worked with lots of high level doctors and consultants. And they had blinkers on you know, what's the phrase when all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I don't mean to sound rude or derogatory to doctors, but again, I'll reiterate nutrition is not their area of expertise. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm free from that. I'm not, I haven't been indoctrinated by the system. I've done research purely on what works. Secondly, why can you trust me? Well, I'm not a big corporate. I'm not, (laughs) I've not got shareholders. I'm not accountable to anyone in terms of, yeah, profitability. I'm just accountable to my clients and the people who I work with get better I coach a lot of people with um, diet and lifestyle and I don't know maybe I'm just lucky but over the eight eight years I've been doing this my clients have seen good results they've lost weight over the long term they've improved their diet they've reversed diabetes they've reversed psoriasis and eczema and Crohn's disease and various other things so um, my bottom line is is people's health and improving that and feeling good. Yeah, it's certainly in my own life, getting slim, energised, feeling great, having yeah lots of energy and vitality to live my life to the full. Why else can you trust me? I'm not a member of the food industry, so I'm not a retailer. I'm not meat or dairy industry lobbyer. I'm not a shop owner. I'm not a supplement supplier or retailer, so... Again, I'm not invested financially in this stuff. I've worked with and interviewed literally some of the world's leading doctors who are succeeding with curing patients of serious disease. So, people like Dr. Neil Bernard, who wrote the forward to my book, The Alkaline Five Diet, Um, Dr. John McDougall, who is going to be on the show next week. So, I've got an exciting interview lined up with him. He's been in this for donkey's years systematically getting people well with a plant-based diet high in um, starch and carbohydrates so yeah tune in next episode and we'll have a, a really good detailed interview with him on the diet that works the diet that reverses disease What else? I'm a nutritionist, but my knowledge goes way beyond the kind of misleading basics of government overseen nutrition courses. Yeah, they're they're not great, to be honest. They're not great nutrition courses. Um, So, yeah, my knowledge and understanding goes way beyond the basics of, of a nutritionist course. Um, And I have your health interests at heart. You know, I'm doing this podcast for free just to get information out there about health, natural health, and in the way that God's designed us to live, to thrive and feel great in body, mind and spirit. And I've had over 15 years' experience of working in the trenches with people, putting this stuff into action, putting good health practices um, into action in my own life, and seeing great success and seeing thousands of people around the world also having great success. You definitely want to tune in next week for this interview with Dr. John McDougall. And in the future, so probably in a couple of episodes' time then we'll be looking at, okay, so if I can't trust the study, which tells me that bacon is like wonderful for my health, what is the best diet for my health? And we're going to be looking at, do we all have a different diet that's best for us? Or is there one diet that's great for everybody? So we're going to be diving into that. And we're going to be looking at the criteria for an optimum diet in terms of not only producing great health results, but also in terms of being satisfying and sustainable and enjoyable and delicious as well so so yeah that'll that'll be a good one um, so I think we'll leave it there we'll wrap it up for today so thanks for listening to this show as always then go to my website laurarimmer.com and if you haven't found out your health score yet then um, download your Optimum Health scorecard, which is a five minute assessment, which will help you get really clear on, on where you are with your health right now. And it will highlight areas that you might need to make a few improvements with. Um, yeah. And then you, you'll get some follow up emails on, on how to improve that score. And so I'm going to leave you with Psalm 96. And this is the New Living Translation. And this is a wonderful psalm. Sing a new song to the Lord Let the whole earth sing to the Lord Sing to the Lord, praise his name Each day proclaim the good news that he saves Publish his glorious deeds among the nations Tell everyone about the amazing things he does Great is the Lord, he is most worthy of praise He is to be feared above all gods The gods of other nations are mere idols But the Lord made the heavens honour and majesty surround him, strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognise the Lord, recognise that the Lord is glorious and strong, give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts, worship the Lord in all his holy splendour, let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns the world stands firm and cannot be shaken he will judge all peoples fairly let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice let the sea and everything in it shout his praise let the fields and their crops burst out with joy, let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord for he is coming, he is coming to judge the earth, he will judge the world with justice and the nations with his truth. That's it for eternal health today, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time, bye for now.
1: Thanks for listening to the Eternal Health Podcast. Go to laurarimmer.com to download your free Optimum Health Scorecard and find out your current health score, plus tips, coaching, and training on how to get slim, healed, and energized. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time on Eternal Health.